You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight we are here for episode 102. If you can believe it, we're going to give ourselves a round of applause for that. I know you all haven't seen the big, haven't heard the big episode 100 yet, but needless to say, a lot of editing had to go into that. So you'll have it. It's going to be coming up. It should be posted this weekend. Just a little bit of extra work uh, for that. Um, And with good reason, right? It's a a momentous occasion. So again, all the clips of news that we've talked about over the past, gosh, it's been a year and a half um, to get to that point. So very exciting. But tonight, you're going to get that weekly feature that you love. We are talking Bravo Gossip and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2, Episode 13. Another good one. This is kind of the direction we expected things to go uh, with this show. Once the... Um, you know, of course, there was the slow build uh, up to the big moment with them going to Vail and the whole Jin Shah thing. But um, once they got there, boy, they've been giving it us. Of course, we can all t- lament about them potentially getting there quicker because they may have lost some folks along the way, taking so long to get to episode 12 or, or maybe what was that? Maybe episode nine or 10 when everything went down, but they are definitely bringing it now. And um, this week was no exception uh, between uh, Jen Shaw being back, but only Heather having hers. We're going to talk about that. There is still something about Mary. And on top of that, She's a hoarder, but I I think at least Missy and I peeped that before. I don't think anybody could possibly miss it. Um, Lisa Barlow is in denial, but that's the river she floats in on a regular basis. We're certainly going to talk about her trying to shadow produce, but not wanting to actually live in it. Um, So you'll get some of our... Uh, commentary on that, especially in, and really taking down the fourth wall a bit as it relates to Lisa Barlow and what she's attempting to do versus how it's turning out. I think that she's still getting what she want wanted, just not in the way she wanted. So we're going to talk about that. Whitney Rose is re- rebranding. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, except is giving a she by Sheree wears the product vibe. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and it's unfortunate because 
I, you know, I am not a, a Whitney hater. I've always had a bit of an affinity for Whitney. And I, I actually like her even more now that voice notwithstanding, you're really getting to see Whitney hold her own among the women. If, if nothing else, even if she's not going to fight with him, she's definitely uh, bringing the tea uh, and, and going after um, the information. And she is making herself a force in the sense that if you are going to F with her, however she has to do it, she's going to, she's uh, beyond the point of taking it. She is giving um, at least Mary the same treatment that she gave Lisa Barlow by the reunion last season, which is at a certain point, I'm just going to have to um, put the baby dolls away and, and come after you too. Um, the whole business side of things, well, ooh, <laughs> that's a horse of a different color. So we'll come back to that. But most importantly, so that's our overview. That's kind of where we're going. But more important, we've got Missy here. Yay! Hi, everyone. Okay. How are you? sound very Mari Povich? Uh, no, they sound like wonderful, especially because no one, when you're a lawyer, no one is ever happy to see you. No. No one. So I like the applause. It's very <laughs> nice. It's the only time in my life I get it. So I'm just going to drink that up. Exactly. Let's, let's just eat it up. Okay, so we start the episode where, um, and I, I can't knock it because this is, again, uh, typical for any housewife show, uh, and they all do it. When they come back from a trip, whether it's talking to their kids, their husbands, whomever just happens to be in the vicinity or in their homes, they, we, they have a conversation and kind of give their version of the recaps. And I like it because you get it, it, everybody's recaps is in keeping with who they are. Certainly in this one, I felt like everybody's recap was fairly in keeping with their character and just showcased even more of who they were. I think Jenny's was just as pragmatic as uh, as her conversations with her husband when she was in Vail, like very much just, I, I felt like Jenny, if anybody is just the facts and nothing but the facts, because I really feel like even though Lisa is her friend, she is still operating from a standpoint of not really having a dog in the race. And I'm not mad at that. So that's pretty much the way she's talking about it. And excuse me, that's the way she talked about it with her husband while she was in Vail. Right, right. So um, go ahead. But she seems like slightly emotionally disconnected in a way that is kind of surprising because I know if I went away on a girl's weekend and the whole weekend was just about this one thing. I would not be so dis as disconnected as her. I would have felt something, which she does not. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I think that what we're getting from Jen, I I I agree with you on that. I I 
I would take that a step further and say that I agree with the disconnect. And I think part of the disconnect is, uh, you know, it goes sort of to what I was saying as well, um, which is she is new to the cast. She still really doesn't truly have a relationship with anybody but Lisa, yet she kind of sees a little bit of what Lisa is doing. She doesn't want to call her completely out because that's her friend. Um, but she, but, but she definitely gets it. Uh, we could tell based on little things she says, she gets that Lisa's on some BS. Um, I think she's kind of robbing and Giselleing it, which is not calling her out in front of people. But I don't, but we can tell from how pragmatic she is that she's no dummy. Um, and it's and and her confessionals are very like she kind of goes in like she's not reading during her professionals confessionals, but she's saying some stuff that at the reunions some folks might call her out on, and she's not lying. She's just saying stuff that people may not like. Um, but it as to the disconnect, I think it's it's a combination of not really being quite as connected to the women before this blow up happened. And I also think it's part of her personality. I just think that she just has a very matter of fact affect. I think that's so it's, it's I think it's a little bit of both. And because of that, it comes off very much as, um, as a disconnect, even though I don't think that her intention is to appear like she doesn't care. But when you take the those two things, like I don't really know them. The one person I do know is kind of the villain. And I'm kind of a pragmatic type chick anyway. It's it, yeah. it is what it is. Um yeah, and this I, person and, and we said two shoes. Um, <laughs> and this person uh, gave me two shoes. Yeah. And, and we said this last week, too. I think that Jenny really only goes full emotion if it has something to do with her. Like, even though, for instance, when they were on the ice thing and even later on the ski trip, she kind of had those moments where she yelled out at the group, like, everybody shut up kind of thing. Right. I don't. I don't think that that was her, like, I don't know what's the, and I know that you know what I'm trying to get at. I don't think that was her necessarily being emotionally invested. I think that was truly her way of saying, shut up. Like she was kind of yelling at them the same way that she would yell at her kids. Not because she necessarily cares. I think she just was like, we're here to have a good time and shut up. But when Mary reacted to her, then of course she reacted back. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think she's just kind of a, um, uh, and, and I, I certainly don't mean this in a negative way. I just think she's just a very like black and white kind of chick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, are you kind of getting that from her? Just like, you know, very black <sighs> and white. Because even I her think, daughter's kind of like that, but it's funny because she's nine. Right. Well, the daughter, that's a whole nother thing. Because there's one thing, I mean, the daughter was a little bit rude to an adult. I wasn't feeling that. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think, I feel like she's trying to um, become a character. 
but she Ooh. hasn't yet decided on the who the character mm-hmm. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is she gonna be rah rah yelling at people? Is she gonna be mild mannered? Is she gonna be the neutral one? It's like all over the place. I mean, even when she's like, Yeah, I wanna have them everyone sit down and become friends. I mean, like, girl, like, do you really? Like, do you I mean, you just spent the whole weekend with all of those people and you didn't say a thing. Like, what are you gonna do now? Well, I think it's also tough, too, because, of course, we got to remember, they're being produced as well. So she's got a producer who's giving her things to do, because we know that these shows are basically scripted. The only thing that they have this season that really wasn't scripted, which is why it's it Vale ended up even more off the rails than cast trips normally are is the Jen Shaw thing because even Bravo couldn't have scripted that. Now for Bravo purposes, it was freaking manna from heaven. Like they could not have asked for better. Like that's the stuff you pay, you pray to the reality TV gods for. Um, and, and then you just, you have pros like they are at Bravo because they've been doing this for so long and they were able to pivot and adapt. And then of course you've got six months to, uh, make, put it into actual episodes, but everything else, um, everything with Mary Cosby and, this one hosting this trip or that one hosting that dinner, all of that stuff is storyboarded out. And in, mm-hmm. and including these um, Jenny's dinner uh, party, because this is a way for the new person to do something on every show. Cause again, you and I watched them all. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and have watched them from way back in the beginning. So that's how we can speak so intelligently to the sort of production side of it. You've got to do something to bring the newbie into it. Because even if the new person comes with a storyline, if they're not someone who is like totally friends with, uh, all or most of the people in the group, whatever their storyline is, unless it's something scandalous or starting some smack with another castmate, that still doesn't totally get them um, into the group. So the only way, so the other way that they do it, which of course we've seen many times, is you have them host something or you know, something like even on Potomac. I mean, Wendy was there all last season, but some of her, I mean, some of her stuff, like, yeah, she had a couple of moments, but but a lot of her stuff, like with her family, still wasn't totally with the cast. And because that cast was so splintered, especially with, them going into the season from a production aspect, knowing that pretty much everything was going to lead up to and ultimately revolve around the, uh, the Robin Monique thing. 
there was still not a true opportunity for Wendy to, 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 for them to show why Wendy is a part of this group of friends. So of course we started this season with her having that one party that they came to the goddess party. Like Wendy was constantly hosting, um, where with this cast, they didn't have uh, Jenny constantly hosting, but I think part of that is because, like last year with Mary Cosby, when the season started, they had not, or when they started filming, not so much when the season started, when they started filming, they were not sure what Jenny's role was going to be. Jenny wasn't upgraded until full cast until conveniently <laughs> right after yeah. Shaw got arrested because maybe they didn't know if she was going to be back. Um, I think up until that point, and we can kind of see it based on where the season went, clearly there was a, a friend race in terms of who was either going to be the friend or the cast member between her and Angie. Mm -hmm. And then... Mm -hmm. Angie, it kind of fell off because even though you didn't get a whole lot from Jen, you still got a little bit more than you got from Angie because it was Angie's still kind of quiet. And ultimately, when push came to shove, she just apologized and backed down. I also think, I mean, this all leads me back to what I was saying several weeks ago about how I think this whole trying to have a baby sister wife storyline was manufactured. Oh yeah. That just disappeared into the ether. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. ultimately when it comes down to it, that still does not connect her with the women. Ultimately, if you are going to be a part of a housewife's cast and secure your next season, there needs to be some connection with you and these women. Like, right. it, you know, again, going back to Wendy with Potomac, at the very least, even though that's not the group she ended up with by the time the season, this season got going good, at least by the very end of the season, she had uh, more or less firmly secured a spot as a part of the Green Eyed Bandit crew plus Candace, um, now, I, which was the majority. On, I will tell cast. you, and, and we can talk about this later in the show because we haven't gotten to her yet. The person mm -hmm. who is really great at centering themselves and coming up with good storylines is Heather. Heather is, Heather really is great at it and as much as I'm not a fan, as in, you know, outside of our commentator hat, just putting on my regular viewer hat and we're like, oh, who do you like? Who do you like? Not like. Now, as a regular viewer, is Lisa Barlow my favorite? No. But as a commentator, Lisa is doing Lisa is doing the job, as everybody says. Lisa Lisa is handling the assignment. The only thing that with Lisa, and as I touched on earlier, and we'll come, we're gonna get into, is that how she wanted her star to appear is not exactly as it's appearing. And it's really funny because she is emerging as the star she wanted to be just not exactly for the reason she wanted 
to be it. So that, and I, I think you already know, and probably a lot of our brilliant viewers already know uh, where we're going with, with that mm -hmm. part of the conversation. So anyway, they get back and, and for you guys, if you're new to our commentary, you'll know that our philosophy is if you're into this show, then you watched it. So we don't have to tell you everything that happened. We're giving you like our opinion and pontificating on how we feel about what happened. So, we have lots of feelings about we it. We have lots of feelings and opinions. Too many. That's why we had to start early. So, <laughs> so everybody's given their opinions. I mean, given their story, everybody's story is showing off their personality. Lisa, because you know I love my Lisa impression. I tried to drink some extra tea beforehand. Lisa has to tell John everything that occurred. John, I can't believe, you know, I'm a little hoarse because I, I ended up talking more today than usual, but I think my lease is almost there. Um, it's really good. <laughs> okay, John, you just won't believe it. It was awful, John. It was, it was awful. And then they were all trying to gang up on me. I don't even know why, John. And then when the call from Jen came in, it's Jen, it's Jen, John, you can't leave. You can't leave because John was dying to get out of that room. Is it was it just me or was John like he was like a prisoner? I think that all of her relationships are like this. I think she should give a master class called Leading Through Victimhood. Yes. And it would be a sellout. Absolutely. It would be a sellout. She is the poster child for weaponized white woman tears. If there weren't so many black and Hispanic girls named Lisa, we we should be calling people Lisas instead of Karens. I <laughs> I would hate to be a member of her family because I know in her natural habitat it is painful. It has got to be a nightmare. Oh my goodness. So, and then you combine that with the fact that she also thinks that she's a boss who knows everything and everyone. So like you, you catch it with Lisa coming and going, and then you get that voice and I love it. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. And her husband just listens. He just is like zoning out in a happy Place. He's a beaten right. man. He, yeah. he's, he's a beaten man. So, yeah. um, so ultimately, what we work our way up to is that Jen, although they didn't show it, she said she called everyone. Um, I mean, I'm sure she probably didn't call Mary or Whitney because um, I'm not really sure. It, it doesn't appear that they're on the outs, but I don't think they're they're nowhere near with Heather. I think Whitney is kind of at an arm's length kind of situation with Jen right now. I think they're like keeping the peace and she'll laugh and joke with her, but I, I don't think that she even cares to try to be her friend anymore. Um, I think that that is a spot reserved entirely for Heather and then Lisa for other reasons. And we'll come to that in a bit. So, but it, at any rate, whomever she's calling, no one returned her call except for Heather, at least on the show. And so we see she and Heather have their meeting. Um, I didn't necessarily, I know a lot of people uh, talked 
badly about Heather. I, I saw a lot where she faced some backlash online. And for the umpteenth time, although I would, would like to give our listeners credit for being smarter than everybody else, um, for the umpteenth time, you have to put into perspective that this is days after the arrest last March. So where everyone, where everyone, including her castmates, were last March is the knowledge base they are working from. And also you combine that with the fact that at least in the case of Heather, maybe not so much the others because the relationship was more about opportunity and being on the show, but at least in the case of Heather, there seems to be at least from Heather to her, a genuine esteem and love for her. And again, only within the first week or so of all of this breaking. Yes, there's probably, because of their money and access, they're probably getting some fairly decent information from better sources than even we have. But for the most part, the sources and the information that they're given was still pretty much only what was available to anybody at that time. Even if you called your lawyer, the information your lawyer had was was what was available through Pacer looking up any um looking up what court documents had been filed at that time and maybe if somebody was lucky and had some connections in the Southern District of New York and a friend that might have talked to them on the down low. Other than that, you have to remember that similar to Erica Jane, and this is not in defending Jen in any way, we are watching this from um, a knowledge base that runs far deeper than what these women had at the time and from the standpoint of not having a genuine love and care about her the way that Heather does. does do you think that kind of covers it, Missy? Yeah, I do. But I also think that Heather has been through a lot. And yeah. is is very sympathetic to being in that position where everybody is judging you because she Ostracized. talks a lot. Yes, she talks. A, I mean, her, that's a major part of her storyline is that you know she was put out in the cold. So I I just think that no matter what, like no matter what she knows about Jin Shaw, like even if she knew Jen Shaw did it, I think she was always going to have that meal with her, no matter I what. Agree. It, I agree. I definitely agree. Even if it was just that one meal, I don't think at least, and again, we can only go based on the character that she has shown us. So I will preface that by saying, we all know that we don't know Heather Gay personally, but the character that she has shown us, I agree with you 100%, even if it's that one meal and never another one, which of course, since Jen stupidly stayed on the show, there'll be many more meals. But in terms of giving her that love, based on who Heather has shown herself to be, Heather would give that to anybody that she cared about at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because it's not like she sat there totally 
unquestioning some things, even if she didn't say it to her face, she certainly said it in her confessional, which admittedly was probably done months later. Like she certainly was no dum dumb when it came to what Jen was trying to pull with the stew thing and talk about Bravo. Like if you ever wonder if your boss is all about their money and don't give a damn about you, <laughs> Bravo is like, it, Bravo proves it every week on every show because it's not just Jen Shaw. I mean, I don't even understand how, and I, Lord knows I don't watch the show, but I've seen pieces of it. I don't even understand how Portia has a, a producer credit on her show, given the way that the, her, the editing team on that show make a fool out of her on her own show. Yeah, yeah. And, um... and and we see it on all the shows. They will pull some tape on you in a minute. Because when Jen started that crap with Stu, we all knew that she was full of crap. But just in case you forgot, Bravo was making sure that you knew. I mean, because they were thick as thieves. I mean, Stu that was like smoking gun was like another housewife. I mean, yeah. but that particular reel in particular, and we knew that they were kind of setting her up, even with when they showed that scene the first time. And also remember when they showed that other scene with her and him in the garden, what was that, a couple of weeks ago? And she was before she was arrested and she was talking about how she takes care of him and his family and oh all yeah yeah those are, those are scenes that would have been on the cutting room floor no matter what even the banana scene that was probably something they just happened to pick up because as we know they get hundreds of hours of film of these women because they're they set up cameras in their homes and follow them and wherever they give them permission to for like, you know, four to six months at a time, depending on the length of how many um, episodes they're going to be given. But it even, you know, th they always did do goofy scenes between Jen and her staff. So the banana scene, okay, they might've kept that in there because that was similar to the goofy thing they did last year with her roller skating through the house. But that garden thing, that was absolute throwaway footage, except for the fact that he's her co-defendant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was bad. I was, I was, mm. And then when she said that he looked at her and said, I'm sorry, even if that did happen, I don't know why she thought that that was... Um, I don't know why she thought that that would be a good thing to say, because whether that happened or not, that could be interpreted in a number of ways. That could be what she had hoped we would take from it, which is, I'm sorry, I I, I lied on you or I set you up. Or it could be, I'm sorry, I, I dropped a dime on what we was doing, which is exactly what he did. Now, of course, because she lied her way through the whole thing when she tried to mischaracterize their relationship. Who knows if that ever did happen, but whether it did or it didn't, that wasn't a statement that couldn't be interpreted in a way that wasn't favorable to her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at, on another day, you and I and whomever should have a, 
I think it's interesting to look at these things through the lens of the skills that got these women to where they are now. Oh, we, the money and the influence. We definitely the, have to do. I think that's going to be a multi-part episode. We, yeah, uh, those are the skills that they're displaying on this show as they interact with each other, like that power move, giving out the gifts, the weaponized mm-hmm. tears, the you know the team building that some of these girls do, like the pre-gaming, telling their side of the story before you even get there. It's all like. It's very raw on this show. I mean, and you see it on other shows, but it's super raw on this and, show. Well, you know why it's extra raw on this show? Because these women, even though there is a lot that's produced, but most of that is because of Bravo themselves, Bravo itself. This, um, I think that we are getting a, a cool combination in this show. And, and it's, it's really sort of a cool marriage between viewers like you and I who have watched the evolution of reality TV, like going all the way back to 1800 house on PBS, which, you know, most people don't realize came even before the real world. Yeah. Cause you know, right. we watched 1800 house. Um, and that was good by the way. Um, all the way from the, you know, just the evolution of reality TV, certainly the evolution of the housewives, which was um, a concept unto itself that has had its own inner evolution. Um, but I think what's, what's great for a viewer like you and I who have um, who have the benefit of watching that and watching it critically and, and not just uh, Missy and I, but some many of our listeners is that this group is within their, they're not only within their first two seasons, so they're not quite as seasoned as the other women in terms of the fakery, but because they have watched the other shows and they, um, and all of these shows are long in the tooth, they know that they have to work a little harder. So you are right. We are seeing their skills that got them to other places in their lives. They are actually using those skills actively on this show because they know that given that they are late to the housewives family of shows, they've got to work a little harder to keep theirs on the air because the whole housewives thing in general is kind of played out unless there's stunts and drama and whatever. And even that's a little played out when you're seeing it from the same group of women over and over. Hello, Atlanta. So um, I, I think you're absolutely right. We're seeing them put their actual job skills, corporate skills, all of that to work. Because Jen, in particular, one, she's not a dumb person. She just does dumb things. And and we know that because she was at the top of her field when working for other people. This is a woman who was so at the top of her field with her last company that she was a vice president, which is why she was one of the people deposed when the government came after the company. Yeah. And I, I think that there are certain um, team building 
sales and suggestion and skills that yes, she's using wasn't she, on was everybody like VP else. of training and sales or something like that. Yes. Those yes. are the razzle dazzle people. Those are the, they are like, for instance, when Richard Gere does that big number in Chicago, well, I'm talking about Chicago, the movie, that's why I'm referencing Richard Gere. But when the lawyer in Chicago does that whole big scene about razzle dazzle and what we have to do in the courtroom to capture a jury and sometimes even capture the imagination, depending on your client, that's salespeople. That's what we're doing. When I am in that courtroom and I'm in front of a jury, I'm selling myself to, I'm selling my client, but I'm also selling myself because if the jury doesn't like me, they're not going to particularly care for my client either. So there's a fine line you have to walk. So there's salesmanship involved there. There's acting skills. There's all of that. And if you're going to be an effective salesperson and she's training people, She's got to have that razzle dazzle too. So she knew she knows what she's doing. Now, unfortunately, as with everybody, you get into situations that are out of your depth because I couldn't do that in the hospital and bluff my way through surgery. And, right. and Jen cannot, while a lawyer can be a salesperson, a salesperson can't necessarily be a lawyer. And that's the problem that Jen is having because she thinks that she can still sell herself in a way on this show in a way that is not going to be harmful to her in a legal sense. And that is just not true. Right, right. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting, um, you know how all of that is eventually going to play out. I and mean, another he, co-defendant has pled guilty, by the way. Oh, who pled guilty pled on guilty? Monday? Who's pled guilty? Uh, Hold on. Well, who is it? Uh, I can't remember the name, but another one. Well, we know that Stu did a couple of weeks ago, so this is another one. Because remember, when you and I counted them up, even before Stu. They were all, they were pretty much at 50% and maybe even like 50 plus 1% in terms of people who had pled guilty and or have already been sentenced. Remember when we went through that list? Right, right, so, right. So um, once you add Stu and then whomever this other person was, it's definitely more at the point where it's more than half of the group. Wow. Okay. Because some of the, uh, when I looked at it in terms of the tiers, some of the people had already, like, there was some people, their entire tier had already just said, okay, screw it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're going down. <laughs> yeah, we're going down and whatever. And of course, some of those had got lesser time. Um, it, and it's crazy because even at the lowest levels, I, I have to look at it again, but I'm almost positive with the exception of maybe one person out of that entire list of people, there was nobody that didn't get any time, even if they didn't get much. <sighs> so, but people where she is uh, did time time. And she is still clowning on TV, talking reckless, um, and also uh, potentially forcing a trial, which means that things are going to be said about you. And I get the whole thing about 
Yes, you were the person who sold, and we talked about this last week, especially in relation to the uh, ABC special on Hulu. Yes, you, there is, and I'm sure they will, uh, because they'd be crazy not to. Uh, one of the, pro probably the pillar of her defense is going to be, I sold a list, which is not illegal, maybe unethical, but not illegal, and I have no control over what anyone did with them. But that does not take into account the fact that clearly the government anticipated that that would be what people in her position, like her and Stu, would say, which is why they held off on their indictments for so long so that they could close the loop on the piece with the money laundering and other people who will say, Yes, that is where their role began, but it's not where their role ended. And if there is nothing that you did wrong, why, why the alleged laundering? Constantly open company, opening companies, the whole Kosovo thing, which is real freaking crazy. I mean, Kosovo? <laughs> like, I mean, considering that you're Tongan, like, I feel like it might have made more sense if you opened up if if you open some bank accounts uh on some there's got to be some polynesian island where there's a bank that doesn't you know doesn't give a damn who puts their money in it well i mean you know here's the thing <laughs> we i mean she was not at the top of that and when we're talking about like we're talking about sales right mm -hmm. and when you break it down we're actually talking about sort of like a like multi-level marketing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're except there was no product. <laughs> well, I mean, and most of the multi-level marketing and the large majority, there's there's a product, but a lot of times it's not worth anything. Yeah, I mean, but, well, yeah, there's there's know. issues with the product, and of course, uh, you get into being labeled in uh an illegal pyramid scheme because yeah. the product is so de minimis that you know, of course, the the test for the pyramid scheme is whether the majority of the money is made on the whole yeah. thing of bringing people in versus right. um, the uh, actual sales of the product. Um, but I think at the but, end of the day- But that's still what it was allegedly supposed to be. An, a, yeah, and I, th I think at the end of the day, right, just like how in the Epstein trial, you know, there is a fine line between these victims who brought in other victims or preyed on other victims, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I think what Jen Shaw is banking on is that I was a victim. It's that the problem is it's hard to find her victim piece. To me, the people in the middle, like some of the like the people who ran the sales floors would have a better argument for being a victim in terms of saying, look, I'm like two rungs down from whoever came up with this in a nefarious way. By the time you get to me, I'm literally just somebody working for somebody else. Did it necessarily feel good? Did it make me want to take two showers when I went home at night? 
Probably, but, you know, feeling like your job is a bit distasteful is still not the same thing as actively doing something. That's true, but surely she's counting on a jury trial. Oh, well, she's, trial. oh yeah, no, no bench trial. She's, she, I cannot imagine yeah, counting, she's counting on, on a jury court. trial and she's going to stay on this show so that there's an awareness in the ether of who she is, right? Like I would hope what, not. If I was no, her lawyer, I wouldn't let her appear at the reunion, but that's just me. No, that's that's what she's I mean, I think that's what she's banking on. Oh, she's absolutely banking on it. Um so it's it's just a mess. Well, since we're talking about Jen because once we do her home scene, we basically don't really have anything else with her. So if we're talking about Jen. Let's go home with her and Coach Shaw. What was um, Coach Shaw thinking? I, I mean, I want the thought bubble. I want the thought bubble above his head to be filled in for me. Because... I Well, there were two things that struck me with Coach Shaw. One, brother was way too happy about Popeyes. But, you know, <laughs> hey, because truth be told, everybody that I've dealt with who has been in the Utah area, it, uh, interestingly enough, and I think I told you this before, said the best chicken place is actually the one that Mary's uh, aunts and them own. <laughs> the, believe it or not, they have the best chicken. Um, but he was, but I guess, you know, given that they're all whatever, how often does he get Popeye's? And I'm sure he tries to be in shape, but brother was like, wow, this, he was real. You would have yeah. thought he fried that chicken and made him some collard greens and macaroni and cheese. He was real pressed. Um, but I can't, my kids get pressed about fried chicken too, cause I don't fry it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> He was he was real excited. That's number one. The second thing is Jen Shaw has officially figured out how to make black crack because I tell you what, Coach Shaw looked like he has aged fifteen years since last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, black men are resilient. So you know, as long as he ain't on crack or nothing, he you know he could he could clean up, put on a nice suit, and then we'll be saying, oh, he's good looking again. Um, but he looked like a beaten man. And again, it, it, this, it seems like this just based on the way she was talking and in terms of not hearing from people and whatever, although girl, you change your phone number, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it seems like she, uh, this is probably still within the first couple of weeks. And so of course your house would probably be like a funeral scene. I can only imagine how it was for her to face those boys. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of those boys, a quick bounce back, because the nonsense she was talking about the family and all that, look, based on what she said, no shade, but just straight up all tea, Based on everything that they have said, every time she mentions somebody from Coach Shaw's family, and that's not just in this episode, but throughout, it is somebody that they have had to take in, build up, give some money, from the hood, whatever, coming protect them out, from violence, coming out of South Central, uh, it's South Central LA. So what I so I'm not even pressed about the fact that she 
that they haven't heard from Coach Shaw's family because based on if we pick up on context clues as it relates to his family, they the kind of folks that when the feds come knocking, they out. Yeah, yeah. But I also think they're the kind of people who were not checking for Jen Shaw. They and- were checking for her as long as she's as long as her and Coach Shaw are living well and they can help them out. And again, right. I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm quite frankly saying that because, you know, we know folk and we got family. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and right now, you ain't, you're of no use to us. In fact, we came to your boring ass Utah with your stupid TV show and your wife clowning and all of this stuff because we supposed to be living good. We supposed to be living like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air up in this mug and we getting walked out with uh, AF-15s or whatever they are. We yeah. could be dealing with this at home in South Central. This is not supposed to be what Utah is like. Could yeah. you imagine leaving South Central and whatever it is that she claims that they're escaping from and you up in your little rented chalet of your cousin or your uncle in Utah and the Fed's Homeland Security in the Southern District of New York is showing up with freaking automatic weapons. And I mean, I'd be mortified. And appear on TV. So, no, I ain't got nothing for you. And as a grandmother, I'm not a grandmother, but I'm speaking as a mother who, you know, will hopefully be a grandmother one day. And, and and so I'm looking at it from the potential perspective of Coach Shaw's mother or even knowing yeah. my mom, or, or even knowing my mom as I do and how my mom would feel. My mom would certainly have an issue with the fact that her grandchildren were held at gunpoint by feds and Homeland Security, not to mention it being recorded. And although it wasn't on TV yet, probably would potentially be on TV, which it is now. Um, And it's all because of your wife. Because remember, you're not talking, when you're talking about who's calling you, she's not talking about her mama. She's talking about his mama. Boo, this is one of those times where if you didn't know, she ain't your mama. She his mama. She ain't your grandmama. She's those baby's grandmama so she don't give a damn about you she's mad coach shaw can say that they love her they might love her but i guarantee you they mad because if she a grandmother like me and you know grandmothers and we know black grandmothers she may never speak to that woman again after seeing and hearing what happened to her grandchildren don't you think it was weird like how she was so like manic and panicked and coach shaw did nothing in my, in my opinion um i agree to their comfort her i like i thought that that was definitely weird uh well you know what in watching them over the past year that seems to be his personality but i don't think that anybody saw a problem with it because we didn't deal with him and her in this kind of thing. But when you think about it and you look back, 
what he it, all of their interactions was him whether on the phone or even in person was platitudes and assurances i didn't see if uh i didn't see hugs or um or affection even when they had that discussion in their bedroom that time platitudes and assurances telling her i'm always going to love you i'm never going to leave you i'm this and that and the third i'm devoted to you um reunion i love her she stood by me when i went through my stuff because it's clear reading between the lines that coach shaw went off the rails when becoming pro wasn't an issue it sound if i recall correctly it sounds like he even alluded to perhaps being out in them streets um but and and she stood by and probably you know and and clearly held things down when uh while he went to law school probably put him through law school because they both graduated at the same time and then she worked and he had to find another direction so right. um so i think that he is one of those men who unlike many others that we see especially in the media that once they get their glow up finish law school medical school whatever that goes on to younger hotter whatever he's one of those who and and it may not just be because of her helping him through school it may be because of whatever he alluded to that he put her through in that interim that he feels um, devoted, obligated. He's also Muslim, so that may play into uh, him feeling a certain level of obligation to his boys and uh, in, in terms of uh, their family. But as far as him being comforting and affectionate, all I've ever seen from him is platitudes and assurances. Very impersonal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very impersonal. Like yeah, if I'm yeah. talking about how I would miss everybody, including my child and mm -hmm. the unthinkable, and you just get someone who who I need the thought bubble. Like Yeah, because however Exactly. Because however we may feel about our belief in her uh innocence or guilt and i think that if you all have listened to this show long enough you already know where we stand on that however yeah however we however we may feel about that part i and and the fact that she was clearly putting 20 on 10 certainly as it relates to the stuff with um with stew I don't think that everything we saw from Jen, and I know it, it can be hard for those who are just like, have written her off entirely. I don't think that every emotion and everything that came out of her mouth that we saw for Jen, from Jen in this episode was disingenuous. I think that despite her inability to cry, but we know that that's plastic surgery and Botox, and and the the you know the tear duct thing that they get done i think that her emotion when she was talking to heather about um her boys i think that that was absolutely real because i think the one thing the piece that she's not going to say because of course she's not admitting her guilt is that she recognizes a that her boys were in danger 
generally because of the situation and yeah yeah that it was because of her and not because of her as in they're looking for me but it, and and i'm innocent it's because of me because i did some dirty ish and now it's coming to bear so i don't think that her emotion about that was disingenuous and i do think that when you have someone with narcissistic and and maybe even a little sociopathic tendencies when it comes to their acceptance about what they what they have done or you know because some people really do believe that they're innocent of the shit that they're doing even when they do it um, I think she might be one of those people. Yeah, I, I, I think that Bernie Madoff didn't think that everything that he did was wrong because in his mind, he believed that ultimately he was going to make things right and that when he and that he was continuing to do it in an attempt to make things right, not to keep stealing just for the sake of stealing. People like Jen, Bernie Madoff, and a few others and they don't have to be serial killers or anything like that people like that can pass polygraphs because they really believe the words that are coming out of their mouth right because she's like how much i've done for people like how much you know i mean even like her generous gifts last year right Mm -hmm. She's always throwing a party for somebody, mm-hmm. giving gifts here. Mary. Yeah. Mary. Mary's another one. Um, but Mary and- is more strategic. See, Jen was just doing that stuff to floss. Oh, Mary- yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying just always in terms of reason. giving stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And, and Mary, even in her strategy, like, it's a little off because Mary still has that cult leader mentality. And I'm not saying that she has a cult leader mentality because she's running a cult. I'm just saying there are certain people who have those traits and they're not always the smartest. They're not always the this or that. All they need is the belief in who they are in front of a group of people they believe who they are what they're saying the product that they're selling it and when they realize that there is a group of people who are willing to buy it that gives them confidence to push it further because i think that that's what happened with mary i don't think she started out the gate with the confidence to believe that she could lead uh be the leader of that congregation because that's not why she went into the flim flam scam that she did with her husband and then ultimately getting rid of him and and marrying grandpa i think mary just wanted to live well and 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 i also think that she probably learned some tricks from her grandmother, including the power of suggestion. Yeah, and, and and maybe not even from her grandmother. Remember, you know, some well, there there was probably some of that as a child, but remember, she also was married to the person who worked with in um Mama Redmond right, for right. 25 or 24 years, 22, 24 years, which is Paul Paul. And right. then she married the person who was Mama's partner. Right. 
And then he, there is, and so I'm going to use the word grooming, but not in the way that other people are using it. I I don't think he groomed her in terms of her being his whatever, because she was a grown married woman when she got, got with him. I'm, I'm saying groomed her as his successor in terms of her being the head of the church because, you know, she was, uh, had a little bit more charisma than him. Right. Right. And so, um, and the people at the church were used to following a woman. They followed mama. And so now they're following, um, mama's granddaughter. And, you know, when you get into that weird bastardized version of the Bible, fire and brimstone, uh, Pentecostals that, but not Pentecostals in a good way. The ones who like, I mean, we don't even know what version of the Bible they're reading. (laughs) Like they aren't, they haven't quite gotten to the point of dancing with snakes, but they're only like half a rung above them you know, you're getting into that realm of people who um, go to tent revivals where folks are healed. Those are the types of people that um, Mary has in her church and the type of ministry that she's running. And we know that because of the types of things that they are willing to do for her, which is why she has the lifestyle that she has. Because as we know from many documents, uh, while they talk about all the other businesses the family has, other family members run a lot of those businesses. So all of that money is not funneling directly to Mary because there was a point where it was determined that her mother was going to be the executor of the estate, most of which was either squandered or pretty much the, what wasn't squandered was basically run out with all the litigation. And <clears throat> certainly as executor, then she would be in, uh, somewhat in control over who's dealing with the businesses and where all that money goes. So even though Mary tries to claim that most of the money doesn't come from church and church members because of the other businesses, and there are other businesses, not all of them uh, funnel money directly to Mary and Robert because her if her mom's the executor of the state and she don't f with them that way she ain't going to make sure that they get that money. Yeah, yeah, and I I just feel like the way that Mary's living, that money is real funny. Oh, the money is straight up funny, and um. I think that the house and stuff is probably in part stuff that was probably purchased. When you when I look at that house, it doesn't look um it doesn't look new to me. It looks it looks like something that a grandmother that uh had it built as her version of Tara would have had built in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, yeah, and and it's showing age, the furniture, everything, everything. Yeah, but it's also weird. I think that's Mary's taste. Honestly, I think she's because she's gaudy and and over, you know, she's Mary's gaudy. Um, uh, that okay. So since we're talking about Mary, really, all we got with Mary was we know that um, just in terms of the church stuff, we know that more of that is coming. So we can, you know, we'll deal more with that just in the interest of time. We'll deal more with that probably next week. I'm assuming we'll get 
more of the scoop since uh, we got the big bomb drop from Whitney that she spoke to Cameron for three hours. So um, I think we're going to get the bomb drop with that. I like the fact that the three of them agreed for her to um, to confront Lisa first. I wasn't mad at that, even though I wanted to know just, you know, because we're nosy. I like the fact that they agreed uh, with her to confront Lisa first because it uh, once again just points out how Lisa is trying to produce the show but won't stand in it. Right. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to be the messy one or the bad guy. Stand in it. Yeah, you just need to live in it. And people have done that. And for the purposes of the show, they survive. Like, look at Ramona. Uh, Ramona, you know and, and Ramona is, Kyle Richards. Sheree uh, <laughs> literally admitted she was the bone carrier. Yeah, look at look at Lisa Renna. Like, just you know, Sheree I mean, kept losing her job because she literally had nothing else to bring to the story besides being the bone carrier. She could have been the bone carrier and brought a little something else there wouldn't have been this whole she's here, then she's gone, she's here, then she's gone. Because she is good. Like she, you know, she gives the read. She's, you know, because apparently that's what people like on Atlanta. She's not a bad, she's a good cast member when she's got something to give other than just running back and forth. Because if nobody really wants to film with you because they know that you're running back and forth, you got to give the show something else that they can sink their into to sink their teeth into to risk keeping you around in hopes that you will mend fences with the cast and ultimately they'll film with you. But um, see, I don't think Lisa has anything except for other people's drama. No, but I think well, Lisa, I um. No, she really doesn't. I mean, if you look at Lisa, like in terms of a personal story, she doesn't have one. I mean, she's not even effectively using this to promote her liquor brand. Um, I think Lisa's. uh, okay. so let's let's hop to Lisa. We come back to Mary because it's not a whole lot. I think that Lisa is asserting a certain level of privilege because she is the one who um, sort of suggested some of the women to Bravo. So in her mind, she is the Nini of this show. But season one, she did not show herself as a star. Annoying, but not as a star. She showed herself to be snobby. And because the people she was snobby to were characters that the audience generally liked, like Whitney and Heather, it didn't go, especially Heather, it didn't go over very well because Mm -hmm. you didn't have much to offer in terms of star quality of your own. Then you wanted, you tried to have this whole snobby attitude, which is always a risk with any audience in terms of, you know, acting like you're better than other people and then the people that you had most of that attitude with were people who ended up being fan favorites even if they didn't have the biggest storylines people generally liked them because they liked their personalities and so she put herself in a real funky place so what lisa did which was which was which was smart except she is not 
she she wanted fame instead she's getting notoriety right Lisa right. specifically put positioned herself with the two people that she knew were bona fide stars of the show jen shaw lover or hater who was the breakout star last season her so if you need to secure yourself a position that ain't gonna happen constantly walking around talking about uh being best friends with meredith and notice even meredith realized she had to step it up a little bit so she positioned herself as friends with Jen. And you saw that because there was this all of a sudden friendship out of nowhere at the reunion. The other person that she positioned herself next to, and it's clear why, because it was, it was obvious that there was going to be a Mary story. She positioned herself next to Mary because even though Mary wasn't necessarily the star, she clearly got a lot of press as being the most interesting person to watch. Right. She may right. not she may not have been a breakout star in the way that Jen was, but in a way she was because her name was on everybody's lips even if to say she was weird. So she and you, know, and you know what's crazy is that they had a situation where a woman was basically like SWAT, swatted, SWAT team. And they yep. spent the whole weekend still talking about Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's crazy. But. Well, you know why I, I think that is, is because, again, as we know, these shows are storyboarded just like any other show. So fourth wall down again. I think it's because it was already planned that that whole weekend was going to be about Mary. The Remember, the Jen Shaw thing caught everybody off guard. And then, of course, you're going to address it because it's fresh. And you, and again, reality TV, manna from heaven, you are, you want to get those fresh reactions. So that was you know, reality TV that Bravo couldn't have imagined. It just literally just dropped in their lap like a pot of gold. But it is clear that what the storyline on paper was supposed to be in terms of their storyboard, it was going to be Mary. Because to, to put it into perspective, if the Jin Shaw thing had never occurred, what were they going to talk? What what other topic did, did did they have? Mary, that was it. Or so, wait till Mary did something weird. Yeah, no, I think it was always going to be Mary because Lisa had already set it up in terms of the dude saying something to Meredith, and then Meredith tells Whitney of all people. Meredith doesn't even. When does Meredith talk to Whitney? But all of a sudden, she just happens to tell Whitney about the Cameron thing. That was weird. So, that was weird. Exactly. So if it's so that even though Meredith apologized for it and whatever, and I'm not mad at her, you know, Meredith gets on my nerves in other ways, but I'm not mad at her taking ownership for her role in it. And quite frankly, calling Lisa out and saying, we were all we all played a role. Now, again, I think she's going too far in her defense of Mary, but that's a whole other thing in her mind that, you know, I think ultimately Meredith is just stuck on the fact that she feels like Mary was the only one who didn't talk behind her back without 
realizing that Mary had no reason to talk behind your back because Mary didn't know any of this was going on because she wasn't a true part of the cast and nobody was friends with her. So A, Mary wouldn't talk about your marriage because nobody was talking to Mary about your marriage, number one. And number two, Mary don't care about (laughs) y'all. At all. At all. If one of them had come to her house and given her chapter and verse of everything going on between you and your husband right down to pornographic videos of you and him swinging with other people, by the time they left and Mary went to bed and woke up the next morning, if she did remember, she still wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah. And she certainly ain't going to call another cast member to talk about it. I don't think that Mary gets down with the whole he say, she say stuff, not because she's better than them in that regard. It's because she thinks she's better than them in that regard, so much so that she doesn't give a damn about anything that they do say was going on in their lives. Nothing. Yeah. Which I think is actually hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious because it is the thing that can will always keep her on the sort of outside of not truly fitting in with the cast, whether she stays on the show or not, because that is who she is and that's never going to change. But I also think that that's the thing that has, that had Lisa Barlow targeting her in the first place. Well, that and needing a storyline, because again, the Jen stuff was not a factor. Right, right. But no, but I think that Lisa Barlow really thinks she's somebody. And these oh, little exchanges abs- that she was having with Mary, where Mary is like, no, you're not. Oh, absolutely. We're annoying. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think what's happening now with Lisa Barlow is that she decided that she was going to shadow produce. And she's not doing it in an in obvious way <laughs> and because at the very least we know Whitney's calling her out on it Jen sees it but I guess out of friendship is not calling her out on it Meredith sees it will call her out on it to her face but not in front of the group because she's still trying to maintain some sense of loyalty because that's just who she is I don't see that. I, I think that Meredith and Lisa may finish this reunion, this season a little rocky, but I think once the reunion is done, we're going to see a very different dynamic uh, between Meredith and Lisa if they both come back next season. Because um, we know that there's that the show is definitely going to have a next season. If nothing else, Jen Shaw secured the season with the with the trial. Um, In fact, it's my understanding that they are planning to start shooting again, similar to last year, as early as January, but this time because of of the trial. Um, Well, maybe like January, February, because at the rate they're going with the next several episodes in at least a three-part reunion, God, I hope not four, um, the show is probably not going to end until uh, mid to late January probably even okay. late January. But it's my understanding that shooting is going to start right away. They kind of have to, because if they want to 
like, especially if Jen is going to continue to appear, then they're going to want to sort of get that lead up in terms of just what's going on in her life and everything, because the trial is scheduled for, what is it? March or April, March or April. If it, oh, wow. you know, okay. Oh yeah. It's um whether or not it happens then. I mean, we know how these things work. Um, and I remember even when she had the big money white shoe law firm, which is the, you know, the one that, probably she was referring to when she mentioned the $1.5 million retainer. Um, even they initially, when she had the big team out of Washington, one of the first filings they made was about the fact that the government had over, had bombarded them with over a million documents. Although, hello, you asked for discovery, but (laughs) the government had bombarded them with over a million documents and there were no way that they would even get through all of that in a year, let alone, um, you know, by November. So, which, you know, we knew that, or October, we knew the trial wasn't going to happen in October. I think they left that, I think the government left that trial trial date on until, until the court forced them to take it off because they were hoping that she was going to plead because everybody else were dropping like flies because it was clear in August, as we know, based on the letter that Stewart's lawyer sent that he was going to take a deal, which means that Stewart probably from moment one was like, you know what? I, I already see the writing on the wall. Yeah. I mean, I think, but like, I just think Stewart, I mean, some of the atmospherics lets me know, like some of the stuff she was saying about Stuart, I mean, could be true. I mean, you know, Stuart had enough sense to own a home and other assets that he could put up for his bond. Well, and, and there's and absolutely because it, if they're being <laughs> charged on the same level, then you know, while he may have operated in in the manner that we knew him for the purposes of this manufactured life that she had for the show, because we know that's manufactured, rented house, whole nine yards. While that may be how they operated on the show, from the way it sounds, especially given that he was charged with exactly the same thing she was charged with and are being treated the same way for the purposes of this scheme, they may very well have been more partners than um, employer-employee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I mean, because- He seems in a more favorable financial position because, than her. Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily it was more favorable. I think just smarter in terms of what they, what they did with their money. And remember, Coach Shaw didn't live- at home because he lives someplace closer to the school. So he's written an apartment someplace else and she's about to do this show and wanted to have this rented home because I'm wondering about a lot of the homes in terms of them being rented. And we do know that on these shows, when they show the exteriors of these homes, chances are that's not where they live because people would find them. So there's a lot of rentals. It doesn't mean that they don't own their homes. Like we do know for sure that Lisa Vanderpump definitely owned Villa Blanca. No, but I was reading somewhere and I can't say, think about where, but she didn't have any assets. 
That's oh, Jen Shaw, no. Have. Jen Shaw didn't uh, have any assets. So that's what I'm saying. At one point, they may have had a home and maybe some things changed. I mean, who knows how the whole situation went when she left the other company. And then remember when Coach Shaw decided he didn't want to practice law anymore and decided to become a coach. I'm sure that he didn't you know, when he got hired, he didn't jump right into the couple hundred thousand dollar position that he currently has because, you know, he he wasn't a coach. He wasn't even a high school coach. He was but a lawyer. You think, you think with all of that luxury bag spending and cars and everything that they would own a boat, own a, I, uh, something. I agree, especially if you got, especially if you got kids, because if nothing else, you want to make sure everybody's got a place to come and lay their heads. And while Stu didn't have some big mansion, because I remember seeing a picture of his home, he owned a modest, like, um, you know, 250 to $300,000 home. It was just enough to uh, get his bond. And of course we know in places other than the DMV, that kind of money could probably still get you a nice home, an even nicer home than, than here. Um, yeah. Speaking so, of kids, can we shift to Whitney? Yes, let's go there because really we're, you know, all we, there was really nothing less on Jim. We were just kind of going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, Mary, we'll get more into her next week. I'm looking forward to seeing what, if anything, the um the organizer does for her i would be shocked if she if that organizer thing wasn't just something that bravo set up just to have a little scene with her so they could make a fool out of her showing that she was a hoarder um, i mean yeah i yeah I, I don't see that situation changing i i saw something with her on youtube and it all looked the same now again i don't remember when that was filmed i have to look it up again but okay so whitney um we already know she's trying to find the scoop so whitney and the rebrand whitney and the rebranding this is my thoughts on this i absolutely get the idea that if you have this platform you want to use the platform in a way that you can maximize your appearance. So while I think that Iris and Bo is an absolutely gorgeous name, I think it's, you know, it sounds very delicate. It sounds very feminine. Um, so I actually really like the name. Um, I do also totally get the idea of perhaps going because it is such a saturated industry going in a direction with a name that reminds people it belongs to you because what's selling your brand isn't that you have some great expertise in this field what is selling your product is literally absolutely nothing but the mere fact that you are on this show. So I I absolutely agree with that, with the idea that rebranding in a way to remind people who you are in relation to why we know you, that's the end of what I agree with, with what we saw on Sunday. Now I'm tossing the ball totally you because I'm literally that's that's where my agreement ends. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so you want to have this 
hair product. Is it a hair product? I thought it was a face product. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what it is, but like... I, I'm going to look it up right now. I think it's skin. I don't know. For, I, I, for whatever it is, I don't think you're the poster child for it. And I also... The fact that we watch the show and we really can't recall what it is. It's just some beauty product. I just looked a skincare line. Iris and Bo, and it's spelled okay. Bo. And again, when I look at it, it's even cuter because it's B-E-A-U, Iris and Bo. Because I think, because remember, she was doing it with her father. Right, but like, like think about this, John, though. We watch this show, right? Yeah, we don't we know. We don't know if it's creams, oils, <laughs> face, you know, like a face wash, like, you know. And then Jenny had to go... And, and then Jenny had to go and give us old school Dwight. <laughs> you got a fashion yeah. guy with no fashions. <laughs> but then also, like, the conversation that she had with her husband. Oh, that was cringeworthy. Oh. And, oh, and that's ooh, why I mean, like, ooh. going back to the kids, right? Ooh, I'm in pain. He wants to dump a million dollars. Like, who's giving her a million dollars? Oh, wait a minute. No, not giving her a million dollars. Let's be clear on what Loaning the money situation her. is. A million dollar credit line, but has yes. already spent, what did she say? Already spent almost a half a million dollars. Yeah, on what? On what? And then, you know, I'm so Let glad. Let me look up the thinking, website. I'm if so there glad is somebody's one. thinking about the kids. And you know when the, her older stepkids were over and they were kind of like, there was, you know, she was acting like it's all good. We're all fun. We're all part of a family. Oh, they're going to be pissed. You could feel an undercurrent. Like, I understand that because those stepkids are like, you know, and, and this is how some people of other culture, how they function. You're spending our inheritance. Yep. Okay, website is absolutely beautiful, but you haven't done enough to drive people to it. But like, yeah, and, and I mean, like the whatever... website is basically the pictures of what we saw. But again, don't. First of all, twenty thousand dollars for that photo shoot. That photo shoot could have literally been just as beautiful for five hundred dollars. Why do I know? Because I've seen it done. You've seen but, it done. We know also, people who have done that in hair salons. But also, and more extravagant, just, by the way. You're floating around your house in some white dress. For why? I don't, I don't know. It was. There's no product demonstration. There's no... As Jenny said, where is the product? She And I love when Jenny said, the puppy's cute. <laughs> I I didn't understand anything that was going on and you know that's a lot of that was just like a lot of money and some uh, people can be good idea people but they're not business people that's not your gift you you may be a good idea person but not uh, the business piece, your husband needs to be doing that. But even, even taking skincare and that being like, okay, I'm on the 
housewives. I'm going to do skincare, right? Ramona had a skincare line. Like, there's already existing people way ahead of you on that skincare tip. But the skin not. But the skincare thing is very tricky because to me, I think you have a better shot if you're going to go into the beauty realm. I think you have a better shot, which is what Candy did, with makeup. And of course, you know, because makeup, you can add to it. You can change the colors. You can, you can like keep expanding it if other, it does well. Other than, other you, than Candy, because remember... um. Giselle had what makeup? But remember, Candy's and... makeup is attached to something that she had already made successful. Exactly. It did. She exactly. didn't come out because Candy's makeup, because remember, I sell it. Candy's makeup is actually attached to the Bedroom Candy brand, which then, because people are always saying Candy Coated Nights, even though that's not what the brand is called, she, again, because we know Candy, she'll take lemons and make lemonade. Since people were saying Candy Coated anyway, she decided to call the makeup Candy Coated Cosmetics. But again, she attached it to something she already had and had made successful. She already had... 500 consultants selling the the toys so we went to convention and was and it was like okay by the way since we always show you new products at convention we're adding this piece to it so who what housewife you're coming in late in the game what Mm -hmm. housewife has blown up on the beauty tip where you are now thinking about getting a million dollar and that's why and i agree with you i'm simply the only reason why i said makeup is because unlike a ramona um she is young unlike candy she is white um so um and let's face it those two factors alone help because then she could you know she's got more entree to connect with some of the other young white beauty influencers and stuff like that. So, and, and she, uh, conveys youthful, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. I'm on, I'm just saying that based on what I just saw on her site, it is not makeup, it's skincare and skincare is very tricky. If it's, well, it's tricky period, but if you are not known for having an expertise in that, you're not like a chemist, a dermatologist, you know, maybe if there was a dermatologist putting out a line and you just slapped your label on it, you know, and then it could be like Whitney Wild Rose endorsing doctor, blah, blah, blah. But this is just, you, a random housewife, and an already saturated, and an already saturated market, and it's and it's the skin serums and all of that, which also means it's expensive because exp- as expensive as makeup can be, those serums and stuff are never cheap. The price points, even when you buy that stuff over the counter, like the oil of Olay version at CVS, it's like twenty dollars. Right. Right. I mean, it's never cheap. Let me let me see what her like. Okay, so it's so wild. is her husband gonna shut her down? Because I mean, he was giving her some real truth. Like I could die. Like I'm older than you. Um, we got these young kids. I got these older kids. 
anything happens to me, like we're all done. Uh, I'm, I, I'm with it. And then didn't she tell him she got another insurance policy on him? I mean, that was just like the craziest conversation. Yeah, I'm looking at this daily cleanser, twenty nine dollars. So See, that's too much. Yeah, especially too much. for young girls who in their twenties who might be inclined to uh buy things from her because she presents younger. Her anti aging oxygen serum, whatever, forty nine dollars. Daily toner, twenty nine dollars. Oh. Daily glow, fifty five dollars hydraulic hydration it's the bottom line is many of these things like like for instance she has this wild rose daily routine 199 dollars is like you know one of those things that you could get from mary Kay or somebody where it's like six or whatever well if i'm gonna pay 199 dollars i might as well go with you know a, a skin system i might you know if i got a mary Kay person i'll go with that or you know, or to a store, go with Estee Lauder or Clinique or something, or hell, just go and get a bunch of oil of Olay stuff from CVS. But, and it's, it's no shade It's the reality of the industry. And that's why I'm saying if she was going to do beauty, you got a better shot at makeup because then you could just be like, use this huge audience you have. And I'm sure she's probably got a crap ton of followers on IG or whatever and do makeup tutorials and sell your own stuff. But the, the audience that you need to capture because women of a certain age don't suddenly change their uh, face serum routine, the audience you need to capture will buy stuff. If they see you wearing it, they'll buy wild rose beauty eyeshadow. If you have a palette for like 15 bucks and they see you using it on Instagram, if they'll buy crap from Olivia Jade, they'll buy crap from you. Um, it's, it's so yeah, that, that whole thing was disturbing and I felt it was cringy and I felt bad because I actually like her. So I, I was like, girl, like, I, I just hate to see somebody like fail miserably. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on um, is the whole Mary thing when, because I think this is going to come up again, if not on the show, I've been seeing, especially since Mary said it, I've been seeing it peak, little peaks of it on social media, Mary pulling out, uh, mentioning race as it relates to why um, they are going after her. And, um, and it just so happens that they're going after another woman of color as well in terms of gin. Now, I think there's, I think this, there's two pieces to that. One, Mary, you are presenting a fabulous storyline that um, because of her limited role in season one and the fact that it was all coming out during season one, they didn't really have a chance to explore. So now you are the storyline of season two. So I think that that's part of it. I think that was, it was going to happen. It was just a matter of who and how. Um, well, here's a tip for Mary. Um, if you're going to go down that route, you cannot start talking about the Mexicans. 
And there you go. I also think she's getting a tremendous pass from people saying, well, you know, Mary doesn't use her words well and, and this and that and the third. Okay, but if Mary doesn't use her words well, she used, um, are we going to ignore that she called Heather chubby? I forgot to mention that last week. Oh, yeah. Um, that. Uh, and then are we going to ignore why Jen Shaw zapped out on her the first season where they were talking about the seven black people hanging exactly. out in front of 7-Eleven? And didn't she say that her husband was white? He's not. I mean, you know, I could see where he probably <laughs> tried to pass that. here or there. I forgot about that. That was crazy. Because that's clearly what she wanted. Um, not to mention her obvious bleaching of her skin. Oh which, my God, which is crazy. It looks really bad with her not with with her not wearing makeup. I mean, keep the natural hair and style it, but the but the skin, good grief. I think with her hair, if she got with the right person that added some kinky curly pieces to it and gave her like a cute little natural do, she's obviously got the hair for it. She just it just looks like it's probably thin from all the bad wigs. Um but either way, she just she needs a stylist all the way around. I mean, it's obviously she's got clothes. They just need to teach her how to wear them. Um, but yeah, I I I cringe with that with Mary because is there um could we question whether or not they would treat a white cast member the same way as it relates to church stuff? Potentially, but I think we also have to remember, again, we are in Salt Lake City where from day one, the, the church, the Mormon church, church period, religion in general, has always been the seventh housewife on this show. So this is a, um, this is a, a part of the franchise where they take religion much more seriously because it is such the undergirding of everything with these women, with the exception of Meredith, because of where they are. Right, right. Um, and I, I think that that's something that keeps being forgotten, that there is an additional culture at play in all of this, which is the culture of religion, which is a whole lot bigger than where it is, certainly in any other housewives wives franchise, but also it just in most places of the country that we can't conceive of. In fact, the only people who can truly really grasp that to the degree of them, other than you and I analyzing it, are people in other countries that are ruled by religion. Right, right. Like you take some folks who live overseas in like a Muslim country or whatever, they understand how seriously folks take the whole idea of religion and religion being used this way and bastardized and whatever. I mean, we talk about it like, you know, the it, it, because there's always some religious like, thing going on you know with the the mega preachers and all of that but they just it's for them it's it's deeper than that um the other piece that has to be remembered is while the mary um storyline was clearly planned out the jen shaw thing wasn't so having that second 
um, woman of color being um, criminalized or criminalizing herself um, was something that just fell into their laps. And it also just happened to be a character who was a lightning rod, so it's not going to be let go. And part of it is because the person who is the subject of it doesn't have enough sense not to talk about it her damn self. But I also think, and this goes back to like a couple of shows ago, I also think there's an element of them questioning where these women of color got their money. Of course. They don't question each other about that. And, and, and we know that that, and, and I will never deny that that is an issue because that is an issue that many, including you and I, have, have had with Andy Cohen for years in terms of the way he treats the Black housewives in terms of his idea you know, and of course, it is he's is impossible for him to pull that with Candy because you know it, the whole reason they courted her is because of who she was. But you know, outside of her, this treatment of that of them as um, and saying things to them about money um, because of this notion that he made them or their money is the fact that they are on a certain level is uh, inextricably tied to what he gave them with their Bravo empire or whatever um, until Monique checked him, um, which uh, we know pissed him off, but I'm glad she did because we know that the way that he talks to them about money or asks them how much they make or what they're doing or whatever, those questions have never been asked to white housewives. And if it has, it's only been asked to ones who are like, obviously not well off, like, you know, your Brandy Glanvilles, you know, the people that he knows he brought, they brought to the network purely for stories and drama as opposed to them really fitting the the whole ideal of what a housewife was originally supposed to be. Right, right. And even when some of those other women, like on the OC, when one behind the other of them were losing everything and going bankrupt and the real estate bubble and stuff blew up, I still felt like there was a more sympathetic way they were treated. It still wasn't this attitude of, well, now we really know that, you know, you're, you only live well because of me. It was kind of like, oh, well, how's your family doing? You know, the real estate bubble blew up. You had to close your business. Um, he, he definitely uh, treated uh, Tam- even uh, who was it that really suffered with that the most like Tamara and Vicky when that whole thing happened with them um, especially they were treated far more gingerly yeah yeah and or we know Lynn. that a lot of remember, these women remember Lynn with the um, collars the, the jewelry whose house got uh, she got evicted mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was very sad 
Oh, right. absolutely. Let uh, let Karen Huger or, you know, Giselle or Robin, like, I don't care even if it's characters we don't even necessarily care for, but let one of them get put out of their house. Right, right. So, and, and, and of course, we have to always acknowledge when some of the women don't help themselves because that one when we for instance that one season of potomac when as usual giselle and robin didn't have a storyline and they made their storyline trying to make an issue out of where karen lived and and you know her being in virginia and all that kind of stuff but even if they do it to each other boo boo that doesn't mean that you can do it it's kind of like the n-word i'm not saying that anybody should should say it but if I say it, it's still a hell of a lot different than if you say it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So um, at any rate, I'm glad we started earlier because we still ended up going a little long. But I think that we have wrapped it up. The As far as Bravo news, nothing really new going on. Like nothing earth shattering. Word on the street is that... Um, Kenya and Marlo have fallen out. You know, people always do all kinds of spoilers for Atlanta. I'm just telling you all for informational purposes. I've not been um, a loyal Atlanta watcher for some time. Um, I keep up uh, just because there's certain people that, you know, I kind of like or maybe feel a little empathy for. But um, I think that as far as any type of storyline that relates to Kenya and Marlo, um, having a falling out and they're not following each other on social media, especially if when you see them not following each other on social media, that is both, that is in large part, probably 95% because if there are any two people on that show currently, and even in the recent past who know what it is that they are supposed to do and who their character is, uh, what their character arc is supposed to be, it is Kenya and Marlo. Yeah. So while yeah. everybody is worried about whether or not they have whatever, for all we know, Kenya and Marlo are somewhere kicked back with a couple of glasses of Merlot, but doing it at home so nobody sees them out together. Because, I mean, and that's not to say that Candy doesn't know the assignment and, and some of the others that are on the show, but Kenya and Marlo have always been, uh, you know, and other than Nene herself, some of the biggest risk takers that will unapologetically put themselves out there and embrace the fact that if I'm going to be the victim, I'm going to, I mean, if I'm going to be the villain, I'm going to be the baddest villain. Or in the right. case of Marlo, <laughs> if I'm going to be the bitch that will say some ignorant shit, I'm going to say the most ignorant shit that I could <laughs> possibly think of. That's just, um, and that's just them making good television. And Kenya, for the hundredth time for you Kenya haters, has told y'all that 5,000 different times. And her castmates yeah. have also told you that ain't the chick that you that they hang with off the show, which is why you see an entirely different person on social media. If you follow right. Kenya on social media, especially seeing her with her baby, like it is rare when it's like a holiday or a birthday or whatever, 
that I already don't know that when I go to Kenya's page and see whatever she is posting about that baby, that I'm not going to tear up. But also, you know that it's kind of all BS because Kenya has friends and a team of people Absolutely. who are not. And I know like people personally who have met her and spent time with her and are like, um, if you want to deal with somebody who the nightmare that are on that they are on the show is who they are who is who they are in real life, it ain't Kenya. Right, it's Nene. Right. Oh, I'm sure. now Nene. What you see is what you get. Now that's the one thing she can say that she's real about. It ain't her face, but that attitude is one hundred percent all the time. And I think we've seen that because we've seen how she treated how she's treated Andy because wow. I saw two weeks ago, two three weeks ago, they were doing a marathon. And I just happened to be flipping. And it was that reunion that was maybe like probably the one right before she left the first time. So you could tell this is when she was really feeling herself. So this was like maybe season five or six. It was one of it was the one where her and Kenya were both next to Andy. She was wearing I think it was the one that she was wearing the red dress because that's the one where you have so many memes because she sat there making all kinds of faces. And (laughs) I had forgotten how nasty she was to not just with the faces and stuff, but to Andy himself, like the stuff she was saying was just cringeworthy like you know and it wasn't even like she was like cussing him out but it was just the tone no, but, and the nastiness she, but, and whatever and I was like oh my god but she thought that Donald Trump like this is show you the thinking she thought that Donald Trump was going to make her rich. Remember that was when she well, was yeah, because talking then, about a Trump check. Yeah, because like, and remember, I want to say it was Donald Trump who introduced her to that guy. Remember yeah. when she was um like yeah. the I think the pizza thing or whatever in Florida because <laughs> yes. then that turned into the whole thing with her and Marlo, like the Italian guy. Yes, and if I recall, yeah. Donald Trump was the connection with that so yeah she started coming on she's talking about trump checks and all the whole nine yards and you know the the voice changed and all of that but that was the reunion when she made the faces and whatever and i just happened to be flipping by it and it was just in time because i saw the face i said oh is this the one because it's all the red dress and i can't remember what andy said to her and she was basically like all but saying, kiss my ass and what you going to do about it. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Like, and, you know, and I'm not even, you know, neither one of us could, you know, we could care less about Andy Cohen. He makes his money, but not just on the front end. He also makes it on the back end. Even with that book, he doesn't care what anybody said about anybody else or even what they said about him. Because at the end of the day, they knew it was going to be a bestseller and also expensive because it's thick as hell. And it was published through his publishing company, even though they were talking about him. So he doesn't care. I got to tell you, and this is for a whole nother conversation. um, I got the Audible book with my free credits and I listened to the whole thing. So we'll have to talk one day. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I need to look and see because I have some free credits too. So I need to, uh, I need to, uh, 
to go through because I've heard, you know, pieces of it and people have sent me excerpts. And of course, in those initial weeks, most of the vloggers that I enjoy on YouTube and and podcasts and stuff, because I love to support fellow folks, um, all of them were doing like this chapter and that chapter and whatever. And I kept saying, I'm going to get to it. But as you know, I was in, at the tail end of publishing as well. So, but yeah, so that's the one thing. And the other thing again, involving Atlanta and I'm like, how whack is apparently Angela Simmons is going to appear. Oh. I don't think as a castmate, I think is a friend of but see, to me, it doesn't make any sense. She's the, Angela is the baby or, or the young one. Angela is not that young anymore. She's, she's like too 30. young for that crew. Yeah. But they got she, a transition. I mean, yeah, well, she now one, of course, not a housewife, never has been. I don't think that dude ever they ever got married. But hell, it, neither is Marlo. Um uh it, but i just feel like and maybe it's because she also spent the time on uh that that uh hip hop whatever not loving hip hop but what is uh, you know the growing one up with all the hip -hop growing up hip hop um i don't think she ever truly fit in on that because i don't think she wanted the level of ratchetness that they probably wanted from her so i get it that she didn't fit in with them i just don't necessarily think she fits in here either because of her age now if it was her sister to me, that would make more sense age-wise. She's only a few years older than her, but she always carried herself older. She even looks a little bit older. Um, yeah. I just feel like if nothing else, she would kind of fit in good. And and you, I would imagine they probably all know each other. She would fit in good with that whole like Candy group, even if not with Candy, certainly with now that they have a Drew Sedora who seems a little bit younger. I just feel like given the people who they have currently on the show, Angela again, gives them what they want in terms of trying to pull it younger, but there's nobody to meet her there. So it still thick sticks out is like sort of sore thumb stunt casting. Now, again, I think it's just as a friend, but you know how this works. If they feel like based on the way that filming is going, they might get more mileage out of her as a cast member, then you know, they'll upgrade her even if at the last minute. Because if nothing else, um, it, even I don't know if her and her sister have their company anymore because I don't think that really did anything big. But she actually has money, even if it's just inherited. And she, and one thing I will say is that she, certainly she and her sister in particular, always worked. Like, you right. know, they had their little sneaker company and whatever and then of course angela in particular if she wasn't hosting she's done this show which that that hip-hop show which got her some kind of check even if not a big one money you know she was working um why won't they bring back that top model chick i actually kind of liked her but uh eva she moved to texas so she oh oh i didn't know that okay yeah she moved oh, well. Yeah, she moved to Texas, um, but I think that they were phasing her out anyway, because remember, they were like every season she was pregnant. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that Eva probably uh, could have given more on the show. But remember, she also married a politician. 
So I think that the Eva, the diva that we know and wanted, she would give some good reads if she had to. But if you notice, she didn't give us what we know she can give because we know that chick. And she has had, she had several shows, one of them a reality show with her girlfriend. She had her own show on Bravo or either Bravo or VH1. It was only like a season or two. It was based in LA and it was her and her girlfriends. And we know that she can get down because I mean, she's been out there. She didn't date this one. You knew, I mean, she got the crazy baby daddy. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is a combination of the fact that she wanted to keep working in the industry because she does work. She has her own series on BET, but she, um, and people said it was good, but as far, but at least when you are acting, even if it's on a show that's, you know, a little this or that people will give you grace because you're acting. But if something is supposed to be a reality show and you're ratchet and your husband is politician, then it doesn't work. I don't know if he's staying in politics, especially since they moved. But I mean, he ran for mayor of Atlanta. Right, right. Yeah. So I think, you know, so I'm wondering if that's part of it. But, you know, it's not like the sister ain't uh, steadily working. She had her, you know, she was she wasn't just on the show of BET. It, It was her show. Like it's, it's, it was about a woman like running a strip club with men or whatever. I didn't watch it cause I didn't have BET plus, but everybody said it was good. And she, it was like her show. She's the woman who runs the place. Um, and her so kids she, are cute. Her kids are cute. She's yes. Cute. Uh, she got to stop messing with her face. I just saw her on a red carpet for one of the big, you know how there's been a couple of award shows that sort of got mm-hmm. by us in the past couple of weeks. And she was on the red carpet for one of them and she was almost unrecognizable. Thankfully, I think it was mostly mm. filler, but it wasn't. I'm like, girl, stop it. You're too cute for that. Do not go the Vivica yeah. Fox route because when she started messing with her face, it 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 never took a turn back at okay town. Right. Um right. so that so that's really it. The rest of them, no big deal. We know that um the real housewives of New York, it's still kind of stuff going back and forth, but we we basically know they did the investigation. Everybody knows to deal with Ramona. Like it, it would it surprise people that she like made racially insensitive remarks. Um, no. Uh, no, not, not at all. all. Uh, Miami is coming back. I'm actually interested in that. Even not a Pilar person, but I liked Miami before. I mean, they have folks slapping each other. Now, granted, and uh, now apparently there's none of the, I don't think any of the originals are back except for Pilar. So we'll have to see. But I felt like Miami went out of their way in the past to keep it spicy. So, I'm, I, you know, I'll give it an episode. And, and see okay. what happens because okay, I I'll do too. yeah and uh in fact I think it's supposed to be it was supposed to be uh in the spring I actually think it's uh, I want to say I saw something that it was like starting like the 14th or 15th so it may already be up it's going to be on Peacock but you know just like the girls trip thing I think that once it airs there then uh for a few weeks and they build up a few episodes then they showed on Bravo because now the ultimate girls trip is um, on Bravo. It's on like at a weird time. So it's not getting like a whole lot of advertising. Cause I think obviously they still want you to watch it on Peacock, but it's on Bravo somewhere. 
Okay. So that is it, everybody. Thank you as always, Missy. And we will definitely talk. We I love the, you know us doing a deep dive on those women behind the scenes. We've got the parenting stuff coming up. Everybody, don't forget to order the book, although printing is taking a little longer because of shipping and Amazon. It sucks, but that is because everybody's been so supportive. My initial pre-order was almost 50 books. So it's taking mine a little bit longer to bring in. So I guess, it, you know, it's a blessing is just, you know, taking a little longer to get them because of the printing, but you know, they'll be here around the first. So super excited about that. So order your books. And of course, as I talked about the hundredth episode, like editing, all that stuff. So you will have it. That's why this is 102, but we did not forget about 100. <laughs> so that is everything <laughs> that is going on. You know, you love it when we come and hang with you. We did it a little bit earlier because I guess Melissa knew deep down we were going to run long because we had so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like there's still a lot of stuff going on. I didn't even realize that the Megan the Stallion Tory Lane's trial, well, really, is Tory Lane's trial had started. I thought they were still just debating about crap, but apparently the trial's going on. I'm still more interested in the end of the Elizabeth Holmes trial because that ain't never going to end. Yeah, I mean, that's and then a whole the Murdoch family. In, in South Carolina, every time you think that it's, you know, it's done, they like find out something else that the dude did. That family is out of control. And there was a really good special on Oxygen that I watched the other night on that where I thought I knew everything, but I watched the special. Oh, and I'm like, I have to look. I didn't know that Oxygen did a Murdoch special. I got to pull it yeah. up. Yeah. I had just been following this really good podcast that has been covering it and they've been getting like local attorneys and, and everybody. And so they have that podcast. They have those podcast people on the special. Okay. Yeah. It's a man, it's a man and a woman and they have mm -hmm. been like doing like two episodes a week. So I had been following, uh, I've been following them. So that's where I initially got, uh, kind of got hooked on it but i definitely want to see that special it's so crazy but anyway we're gonna go because podcast pod bean's gonna kick us off anyway because despite best intentions of course we got to the two hour mark <laughs> okay so <laughs> all right everyone thank you for hanging with your girls on one of our bravo nights also i know you're probably listening to this on one of your favorite podcast networks and i'm glad you are but if you are not listening on apple itunes and you have it go over there leave us a five-star review and uh you know and some comments you can certainly use all the ways that i've left in the info box to stay in touch twitter and instagram at let's be honest jj and via email, let's be honest, JJ at gmail.com. If you have any scoop or anything you want me to follow up on, let me know. You can always DM me as well and join in on the daily fun at the Fashion and Drama Diaries. The link for that is also in the info box. And if you want to support the show, there's also the Cash App and Venmo uh, information in there as well. So other than that, as always, if you are thinking about it, linking about it, clicking about it, and you want to talk about it, chances are 
I want to talk about it too. So let's be honest together. Bye-bye, Melissa. Bye-bye, Melissa. I got to give you some more applause because we know that, you know, Melissa's right. We, we attorneys don't get enough applause on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs>